Hi, everyone. Welcome to Speech Goods, a podcast where we showcase awesome SLPs doing awesome traditional and non-traditional SLP things. Myself and the guests on this show are here to talk about the goods, the bads, and the untamable parts of ourselves and our SLP careers, and how, despite the challenges of everyday life, have just done the dang thing, loving what we do. I'm your host, Danny Augustine. I went from burnt out, dissatisfied with my SLP job, to dusting off my big girl pants, sprinkling some determination in my 20 cent coffee, and starting my own debt-free private practice. Now, I love my working career and wouldn't trade it for anything else. It was support and wisdom from others around me that helped me refine my why. In this show, I hope you find support and wisdom of your own. mindset, private practice, business, all within the realm of the speech and language pathology field. I am your host and personal finance enthusiast and also fellow SLP, Danny Augustine. So today I wanted to broach a subject because I'm all about just like keeping it real for you. Like, like that's just, you know, no fluff, real talk, and I'm going to stand by that. So As a lot of you may or may not know, I love talking about private practice. I personally own my own private practice. Uh, It's myself and an independent contractor. I absolutely love it. It has been life-changing for me starting my private practice. But I also wanted to make sure that I was just like being super raw and honest with you about private practice. You know, private practice has been amazing to me, but it's also not like rainbows and unicorns and leprechauns blowing out of your butt suddenly. You know, these are things, it's things that you know, you need to consider. There's pros and cons, there's your personality type, there's the things that you like. And so I wanted to just give a real honest pros and cons list that I have learned with my private practice. So I have been in private practice for almost two years now, and I currently work with early intervention. I do home visits, office visits. Um, I do not have an office assistant or a bookkeeper or anything like that. It is myself, and I did recently, within the last seven to eight months, hire an independent contractor to work with me. Just so you know a little bit of background about myself and private practice. So I'm going to start this conversation with the pros and end it with the cons and a couple of wrap up points for you. But before I do that, make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube to subscribe to the channel so you get more speech language pathology, real talk goodies. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you're subscribed for that as well. Okay. So let's start out with some pros. So the first pro I would have to say, for being in private practice is having control over my schedule. Like that, honestly, if that was the only pro that I said, it would still be, oh my gosh, it would just be amazing. I had previously worked at jobs where I was working until six o'clock at night and, you know, not finishing paperwork until 6.30. And then by the time you get home and somewhat settled at home at seven o'clock and then you're just like, okay, stuff my face full of food and let's go to sleep because it was just so late. And if I'm being honest, when I first started my private practice, I was working until six o'clock. I was seeing patients until six o'clock. And then I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Danny, you just recreated the job that you worked hard to get away from. Why did you do that? (laughs) Uh, But that's another great thing about private practice is it can change and evolve with you. So controlling your schedule has been a huge blessing. My husband and I, we do not have children yet, but I know for a lot of us out there, you guys do have children. And that 
I know is a big, a big part of switching to private practice for a lot of individuals, being able to make it to their kids' doctor's appointments, go to soccer games. If your kid's sick, you don't have to beg a boss to be able to take off or whatever it is. So honestly, that's been a huge quality of life change for me. Getting off anywhere from three to four o'clock. I have a whole chunk of my day left. I can go to yoga, I can cook dinner. I'm not in this like rush and just like I get home and feel like I just immediately have to go to sleep. Um, that was personally just not for me. So that was definitely pro number one of starting my private practice. Pro number two of private practice is it creates vast opportunities to increase your income. And who doesn't wanna increase their income? Like seriously. but. The thing about private practice is, yes, there is the opportunity to, you know, you create income through seeing patients, right? And you can increase your income, not just through you seeing patients, but through hiring other therapists to see patients through your private practice. So that's like the more obvious way to increase your income with private practice is hiring therapists. But there's other ways that you can diversify your income streams and increase your income. Parent classes are a really great way to, you know, reach out to the community and also have another income stream. My friend Ebony Green, she is SLP school contracts queen and she's awesome. Uh, I did a podcast episode with her. I will link that in the show notes as well. She talked about how school contracts and diversifying her private practice income stream, income stream through school contracts is a big part of how her business was able to thrive at the beginning of the pandemic. But I just love that idea. Like there's no ceiling to your income. There's, it really is just the ceiling or the opportunity ends where your desire ends, if that makes sense. And you can really just make it into what you want. Uh, another episode I did with ALET from Learn With Less, that's something she talks about is she has her training program where she teaches therapists to become learn, learn With Less facilitators. And I said that funny, Lord help me, facilitators. I need to speak to therapize myself. Um, and how you know she trains these people to be facilitators and then they can put on parent classes and get an income that, or create income that way. So the opportunity with private practice is really, you can just stretch it as far as your imagination could possibly go. Now let's talk about pro number three of private practice. I would say pro number three is the ability to give back. And I say that in a broad way because like there's the giving back that you can do to your community, which is awesome. One of my friends who has her private practice, they sponsored her kids t-ball team, t-ball team, say that 10 times fast t-ball team. Um, they sponsor their kids t-ball team. Like that's so cool, right? And to be able to give for your business, um, to be able to offer things to parents, like offer free resources to parents and things like that, you can use your business to give back and, and make your community better, which I think is awesome. Another way to give back, and this is not one that I had really thought of until I had hired someone for myself, was a lot of us that go into private practice. There's a, there's many reasons you go into private practice, right? Maybe it's for financial reasons. Maybe it is for family reasons. Maybe it's for freedom. One thing that I see a lot is often, you know, maybe they felt they didn't have great experiences at previous jobs or they, you know, they felt really under someone's thumb and that isn't what they wanted. One thing that I realized in a, in a way that you can give back with your private practice is creating someone else's dream job right or creating a place 
or you know a system that you know you wish would have been available to you to work for i know for myself private practice was never on my radar when i was in graduate school like i just i was not even thinking about it um honestly even even if a couple years in my career it still was not on my radar and you know had had a really amazing job opportunity that offered the flexibility that I wanted at the pay that I wanted come along, I probably would have taken that and not been sort of like pushed into starting my business. Uh, but that's been something been, that has been really amazing to experience is having conversations with the speech, amazing speech therapist that I've added to my team is that, you know, she, at one point she told me like, this is so cool that she gets to do that. She gets to have a job like this. Like she gets the flexibility, she gets to make good money. And that was something that was really important to me was like, if I was going to take someone on and hire someone, I wanted to, you know, put my best foot forward and give them the thing, a lot of the things that I, I wish would have been available to me. So you can create someone else's dream job. And that's another great way to get back with your private practice. Number four pro for private practice is it allows you to operate within your zone of genius. Now, in the beginning, um, with any, any business, whether it's a private practice, you're probably gonna be wearing a lot of all the hats. You're gonna be the accountant, you're gonna be the scheduler, you're gonna be the office manager, you're gonna be the therapist. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's how most people start out. But what's really cool is that as, maybe as you grow, or even when you start, you can operate within the areas that you find your strengths are. So a great example of this with me, as someone who didn't necessarily grow into a big therapy team or a clinic is operating within a niche area, or I have a couple of niche areas. So one of my niche areas is myofunctional therapy. I actually have a couple of videos. I have like a little series on myofunctional therapy um, that I will link in the comments below. So you can go check that out. I also have my certified academic language therapist credential. So I work with children with dyslexia and do reading and dyslexia intervention. Um, and I also work with a lot of feeding and birth to three, all the fun things. Um, and those little, little niches within the SLP field, I really did fall in love with. And it allows, private practice allowed me to take on those cases. And if I get calls for cases that it's just not an area I'm interested in, it's not an area that I ever take any CEUs in, um, I can actually happily refer those clients out. One of the beautiful things about the speech pathology field is that it's so broad, but one of the frustrating things about the speech pathology field is that it's so broad. Um, so I know for me, operating within niche areas has been amazing and has really helped give me a lot more confidence in therapy. Now, yes, there's operating within your zone of genius if you in the, the niching downside, but there's also operating within your zone of genius just within business things. One thing that you'll probably start to learn as you start a business and grow business is you need to learn when to start outsourcing. And obviously you can't outsource everything in the beginning because outsourcing typically costs money. Um, but as you build, as you build up your business, as you start making more income and creating more income, you can save up and you can purchase things or, or hire people on to outsource a different task. A great example for me, even just the beginning with speech goods is I, in the beginning was editing all of my own podcast. I wasn't even doing video because I just like didn't have time for it. Um, and one thing that I did to outsource when I started, I hired someone to edit the podcast for me and now edit the videos for me. And honestly, 
I, I hate, I hate video and audio editing. Like I, I can't stand it. Like <laughs> it's tedious. It, it's just not in my zone of genius. And now that is something that I can outsource, which is great so that I can continue to operate in my zone of genius and do things like this. Like I love creating content, filming content. That's what I want to do. Don't ask me to edit it seriously. So those are your four pros of being in private practice that I have learned thus far. There are many other pros that I could talk about, but I'm trying to keep it a little succinct for y'all. Okay, so let's talk cons. And let's be honest, the cons are probably the main reason that you even are listening or watching this because <laughs> we all want to know. Like, okay, like, yeah, that's great, Danny. Like, there's all the great things, but tell me, tell me the juicy stuff. Like, tell me what's up. <laughs> and there are some true cons to private practice, but as I go through the list, I think you'll start to realize that the cons really kind of depend on the kind of person you are. And I think that's important to sort of like start this whole conversation when I go into the cons of private practice with, because, you know, private practice, again, it has been a blessing in my life, but it is not for everyone. And I just want to make sure to share just the real and raw experience that I have had. So let's get to some cons that I've discovered with being in private practice. So the first con of private practice, I will say, is that you might not be done at five o'clock with your workday. Now, yes, it is super important to put systems in place. Um, and yes, you can create your own schedule. Like I don't see kids in the evenings anymore. Like that's something I don't do anymore. Um, but especially in the beginning when everything's kind of all on you, like you are everyone, uh, sometimes things have to get done, even though it's five o'clock for you versus when you work at a job. I mean, you can just kind of set that boundary and be like, mm, sorry, it's five o'clock or, you know, my, you know, my, my contract hours end at three 30 peace out home slizzle. Like, bye. Um, you can't really do that with a business. I kind of think of it like babysitting someone else's kids versus having your own kids. <laughs> I think that's honestly a really, the best analogy I could come up with. Cause right. Like when you babysit someone else's kids, when, you know, when the parents are like, okay, bye. Like, and you can just, you cannot even think about it. I'm just like, I did my job. I did my hours. Peace out. I'm going to go home and do my thing versus like when you're a parent, it's a never ending job. And like, it may be three o'clock in the morning, but if your kid starts crying, like, Hey, like, Oh, that's you. Like you got to go deal with that. And I really think a business is the same way. And again, you can be sure to put systems in place and begin, especially, you know, once you start growing outsourcing to where you don't overwork yourself. Cause you definitely want to avoid that self-employed business owner burnout. Ain't nobody got time for that. There's a reason that you started your own business and it sure as heck was not to burn yourself out. Um, but also recognize that your name is on your business. And so there's that extra pressure there that I don't think you really understand as an employee until you have your own business. The number two con I would say of private practice has been for myself dealing with insurance companies. Now there are private practices out there who choose uh, private practitioners who choose not to deal with insurance companies, um, that are private pay. If you were interested in hearing from private pay practitioners, I'm going to link my podcast episodes with Hallie Bulkin, who has a private pay practice and Tara Sumter, 
who also has a private pay SLP practice. They're both fantabulous human beings. Um, so like, so, so stinking smart. Like I need to message them and see if I can get them on the podcast again. Um, but I have, I will link those episodes in the show notes. Um, but for me with my area, uh, it's very, very heavy insurance. It's a very highly saturated area. I did choose to take insurance in my private practice. I am only in network with Uno insurance companies. Let's just one. And I don't plan on changing that anytime soon. And the fact that the insurance company I'm in network with isn't that bad compared to most other ones, yet I still, I still hate dealing with insurance. <laughs> I still don't like it. For the most part, it's been pretty straightforward, but like those times when you do need to call to get clarification on something or they denied a claim, it's like, oh my gosh. Like, cause then you know it's gonna be like a 30 minute to the 30 minute to one hour process. Because then you know, you you pick up the phone, you gotta like, you know. Welcome to blah, 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 blah. Our options have changed, blah, blah, blah. And then you gotta wait until you get to like option A. It's just like, I, I really can't, I really don't like it. I really, yeah. So that is definitely another con of private practice is dealing with insurance companies, but that may or may not be something that you deal with. And again, for myself, I have chosen to only take one insurance company, which makes things much, much easier, much more streamlined, uh, so that I'm only really dealing with one set of rules. The number three, con to being in private practice, which you could definitely view it as like a glass half full, glass half empty thing. Um, but I'm going to put it in the con category because it can easily make people feel overwhelmed is the ridiculous learning curve that is starting a business. Like we were not prepared for this. Like we were not prepared for this. That's why I love uh, Jenna Castro Casbon's course. She's the independent clinician. Her Start Your Private Practice course. I am a I am a proud affiliate for her course. 100% recommend it. Please feel free to comment below or shoot me a DM if you have any questions about her course. But she literally like platter how to start your private practice. Here you go. Like explain it to Danny like she's five. Oh, mm, I love that. So I always recommend her program. She takes you straight from knowing absolutely nothing about business all the way through getting all of your ducks in a row to starting a private practice. So absolutely love it. Also, if you do use my link to register for her program, you get my free, you get my, well, not, it's not free, but you get it for free. Uh, my money guide for the self-employed clinician. I'm also going to link to that ebook below if that's something you're interested in. But seriously, there's a lot to learn. And I don't say that to scare you. It's been a wild, crazy, oh so sweet ride of learning curve. I think the business and finance side is fascinating. And again, gaining all this knowledge has empowered me to do so many awesome things I would have never gotten to do had I just continued to work for someone else, which there's nothing wrong with working for someone else, by the way. Um, like if that's what you want to do, like you do, you boo. But assuming that you're watching this video and you're still with me, private practice has probably crossed your mind. But the learning curve can be big. I mean, within our fields, you know, there's lots of other healthcare fields where talking about business and private practice is actually part of their graduate program. One of my best friends is an optometrist and they had a whole course thingy on starting a private practice. Why? Because it was assumed that you were going to go in business for yourself or it was very likely you go in business for yourself. We are never taught any of this in graduate school. We're never, I mean, none of us took any business classes and things like that. 
But one great thing is you do not need to go get an MBA to start a private practice. You have plenty of brain cells to like rub together to figure this out. Also, you got a singing master's degree. You got something going on up there. If I can do it, you totally can. But it is a learning curve and I encourage you to be very patient with yourself because I think I think it, it may be hard, it, it, especially if you're the type of person, it's hard for you to kind of start something new or not be not be good at something right away. Just know that I don't want you to be discouraged for that because you can learn it. You are capable. It's really all about getting the right information and the right people in your corner. Like number one example, get an accountant, get an accountant. My accountant pays for himself like multiple fold with his whizzy things for helping me figure out tax deductions. So 100% is a huge learning curve which is kind of a con, but if you want to view it as like a glass half full thing, I guess it's kind of a pro. So although I only listed a few pros and a few cons, like I could go on and on with these lists, especially the cons. Like I could sit here and talk forever about it, but I wanted to give you something a little bit more succinct for you to grab onto. But I want to leave you, I don't want to leave this, this video or this episode with just the cons. I really want to leave you with this point. The best thing that you can do for yourself, especially if you are looking at a private practice, Obviously, you know, aside from getting like the information that you need, like how to even do the dang thing, I highly encourage you to just do a deep dive and a deep look into yourself and have some moments of introspection and really think about what it is that you want um, when deciding if this is something that is right for you, because it is not right for everyone. It's not. And that is okay. Like, I don't know, like, I have a blue pillow, but like the blue pillow isn't right for everyone. Well, it's kind of like a teal, but whatever. You know, I have a blue teal pillow behind me. I like that color. Maybe you don't like that color. It's not good or bad. Like it just is like, it's, it's just color of a pillow. It's the same thing with private practice. So I always, you know, I talk about private practice a lot because it's changed my life, but I also want to make sure to show a realistic side of it. It's not all sunshine, sunshine and roses and recognize that if this is something you're considering, but maybe it's not right for you, or maybe it's not right for you right now, that is totally and 100% okay. I do hope that you found this small list of pros and cons helpful when sort of deciding about private practice and deciding if it's for you. You're always welcome to shoot me a DM if you have any questions at all. And if you found this video helpful, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast because you can hear my lovely voice chatting at you every single week. If you want to hear more no fluff, getting the dang thing done stuff for myself and other real life SLPs, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or pledge a small amount on patreon.com slash if you found this content valuable, please share it with others so we can get this message out there. And if you haven't already, join us on Instagram. Handle is at speechgoods. See you there.